Coffee enemas will dry up your pollen, irritate your pollen and make you run to the bathroom and give you a diarrhea immediately and you lose about 2-3 to three kgs of your good and your bad bacteria. Hi, I'm Dr. Dimple Jangda. I'm your podcast host and I welcome you to A Gut Story. This is a podcast, a platform where we're going to discuss healthy everything. A healthy body, healthy mind, healthy emotion, healthy energetics and a healthy spiritual journey. We're going to also discuss stories of courage, grit, confidence, discipline and patience that helped several people overcome tragic events in their life and physical trauma. And we're also going to learn from several natural sciences like Ayurveda, naturopathy, homeopathy, yoga on how to reset our body back to good health and bring ourselves back closer to nature. Welcome to A Gut Story with yours truly, Dr. Dimple. Have you seen your mothers and grandmothers soak all the dals for at least two to three hours, four hours, all the grains and lentils? Now we've all gone into this, you know, quick fix, two minute instant noodle kind of a culture where everything has to be cooked instantly because we're so fast right now, we're constantly running. Now grains, pulses, legumes, lentils, nuts and seeds. How long do they last on your shelf? Six months, one year, sometimes two years, a good grain. Purana chawal bolte na? We always get old rice. What makes them last so long on your shelf? There's a natural packaging that Mother Nature has given to these grains. It's called phytic acid. I love acids, huh? I keep talking about it. Because I also realized that when I speak Vata, Pitta, Kapha and Ayurveda, a lot of people left my clinic. So when I started using all these fancy terms, everybody came back to my clinic. So it has phytic acid, which is a natural protective layer around the tur dal, the moong dal, the masur dal. You can't see it with the naked eye. So we wash our lentils three times to first get rid of all the chemicals and the pesticides that they've been sprayed with, obviously, all the insecticides. You want to get rid of it. And then you soak it and leave it for some time. And then you can drain that water also if it has a color to it. If it is clear, you keep it. Once the phytic acid has been removed, so what happens is when you soak your nuts, you trick them into thinking that they're going to become plants. So they release the defense mechanism and they release all those defense chemicals towards the surface. And then when you peel the almond, all those defense chemicals is out and then you eat the almond. So when you soak your lentils, grains, pulses, beans, nuts and seeds, you're tricking them into thinking that they're going to become a plant. Then they let go of the defense mechanism and then we eat it. So we eat it with respect because remember they're life, right? So that's why we see a little gratitude to the farmers who grew that food, to the plant that gave its body to become part of our body, to the gods above, to our parents, to our teachers, to our doctors who taught us how to be human beings. So we always express gratitude before putting even one bite in our mouth. When you soak your rajma, your chane, your chole, you know, throw away that water. Don't cook in that water because it has phytic acid and everything which you're not supposed to ingest. So remember, throw that water and use fresh water to cook it. I think that's a common mistake all of us make. At least I was making uh, that mistake in my house and that created a lot of problems. Since the time I've stopped doing it, it's much more easier to have these things. So to touch upon meat, seafood, eggs and dairy, fruits takes three hours on the body. One hour the stomach, one hour the small intestine, one hour the large intestine. Okay, so when you eat fruit or a fruit salad, within one hour you notice you're getting hungry because the fruit has moved from the stomach to the small intestine and the stomach is like, hey, I'm ready for the next meal. What's next? So have you noticed you eat a fruit salad and within one hour you'll be like, okay, I'm ready. 
When you have a vegetable salad, just plain vegetables with no quinoa, no paneer, cottage cheese, no protein in it, just plain vegetables. Within two hours, you'll get hungry on a salad. Just to say cucumber, tomato salad, you'll get hungry within two hours, but natural. It takes two hours in the stomach for digestion, two hours in the small intestine for absorption and assimilation, and two hours in the large intestine before it's ready for elimination. So vegetable salad, six hours in total in the body. Grains, pulses, lentils, legumes, nuts and seeds, we usually have it during the first half of the day. We don't have it late in the night because it takes 18 hours in the body. Six in the stomach, six in the small intestine, six in the large intestine. That's why monks and sages will have one meal a day because they know it takes 18 hours. There's no need to overload the gut. There is still food getting digested. No need to put more fresh food, which gets mixed with a half digested food and then creates gut health issues. Meat, seafood, eggs takes 72 hours in your body. 24 in the stomach, 24 in the small intestine, 24 in the large intestine. So when you eat meat, you're not going to wait 24 hours to eat the next meal, right? You've already eaten the next meal. So the next meal, if it's light, it gets digested and pushes the undigested meat into the small large intestine. And meat has been linked with 27% higher risk of colon cancer because if the protein enters the large intestine and colon in an undigested form it triggers cancer cells so you remember that movie wakanda forever the lead guy he died of colon cancer we actually are dealing with a lot of bodybuilders in our clinic one of them just 33 years old with colon cancer and i haven't heard from him since our first consult and we've been trying to you know reach out to see where he is he was this big in his picture this big literally but when he came for the consult he was this much and the next consult was with the sister and I asked his sister, did he eat a lot of whey protein and chicken and eggs? She said he only ate that. He only ate chicken and whey protein. All that undigested protein was sitting in this large intestine and colon and triggering those cancer cells. So be conscious. What did the Japanese eat to live 100 years and above? 95% plant slums. 95% of the diet was plant-based. Only 5% was animal-based products. Try to limit and reduce your consumption of animal-based products too. 5%, first start with 10% and bring it down to 5%. Remember this one thing when you're eating animal-based foods, okay? Animals get cancer, plants don't get cancer. Animals get cancer, blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, mania, mental health issues, and they release a lot of cortisol. So all that goes into our body when we consume meat. So you have to keep reminding yourself saying that, okay, wait, I'm increasing my risk or my exposure to diseases when I do this. And when you say that, your temptation will, for it will come down. Second thing you can do is strictly do not touch meat, seafood, eggs for breakfast and dinner. I know lots of people start the day with eggs, but it's the most constipating food in the diet. The minute I take eggs off my patients, the constipation has disappeared. Okay, so try not to eat these foods for breakfast and dinner. Keep your breakfast and dinner very sattvic. It's a very easy trick of sandwiching your day so that you wake up, eat sattvic food, which is like, you know, lots of fresh fruits and fruit juices, nuts, and maybe some seeds or porridge. You have a lot of energy because they're getting digested very fast. Then evening, when the sun is setting, your metabolic fire is also setting. So your digestive fire has also become weak. Try to eat a vegetarian food, like a big bowl of soup, medium bowl of salad, and there's no space left now, so small bowl of carbs. We don't end up overeating carbs. The problem with us is carbs is tasty, so we end up overeating it. Right? Because it starts dissolving the mouth. So if you follow this one trick, keep breakfast and dinner, we keep it light, we keep it clean, then it'll be very easy for you to stay healthy. Now that we've spoken about food, I want Poppy to tell me Dinacharya and Ritacharya rituals, which you love. I have a class going on here. She's <laughs> asking me questions. <laughs> no, tell us what are your favorite rituals. 
So there is something which I rarely practice because my schedule doesn't kind of allow me. But I try and stop eating by 7 p.m. as the sun yeah. sets. Easier to digest the food that you've eaten. Easier to rest your system. Easier for the system to repair itself in the night when you are not eating. That's one of the most important things. Oil pulling. That's extremely important, and that's something that I learned from Ayurveda. I had no idea about it. So basically taking uh, coconut oil, cold pressed coconut oil in your mouth and swishing it around for like 5 to 10 minutes, I can barely do 2 minutes. That takes away all the toxins from your tongue, from your mouth. That has to be done first thing in the morning because throughout the night, whatever toxins are released in your body, that oil will pull it out and you throw it. Full body massages are very important. Your body becomes dry, especially if you're a vata we, we have some vata people here. <laughs> so it's, it's very simple. Like, you know, when you're riding a bike, you need to oil the chain, right, of the bicycle because otherwise it's going to creak and there's going to be a wear and tear. So especially if your body is dry from inside, which is vata, that's, that's there are three forms of uh, three doshas. So if you have air in your system, I mean, that's the least possible way that I can explain it. Oil kind of nourishes your body. It's oiling your body. It's repairing your body so that it works fine. There are going to be no creaks and no aches and no pains. A lot of people have like arthritis and stuff because there is air trapped inside their knuckles. It happens to a lot of older people and especially when you are I think 40 plus that's when you get into this dosha called vata. When you are under 40 then you are pitta. That means there's a lot of digestive fire in your body. You all know we eat different food during summer and we eat very different food during winter. We all do this but have you ever thought of this? What is the reason behind it? Because the body heat during winter is higher and the body becomes cooler during summers to protect you from the outside heat. So I had touched upon this earlier that when you have palak or spinach or there are certain things which are supposed to be only had during winter, these things are now available throughout the year. What happens when you eat that during summer, summertime? It's very difficult to digest it because the body is not ready for it. And we all grew up like this, but we all forgot these things. You know, when we go back and we remember what our mothers taught us, I think that was the best way to live. And we will come back to that. Now my kitchen has no plastic. It only has stainless steel. Because now some other people are teaching me that stainless steel is better. And I had thrown that long time back. I didn't want to carry my school lunchbox made out of stainless steel because it looked weird, it looked bad. But now I do and very proudly I do that because that's better for you. There's so many things that keep on coming back into our life. Totally. I actually actually confiscated all my great-grandmother's utensils <laughs> in Bangalore during COVID. I saw my aunt put it, putting it out on display, you know, like she was getting the house cleaned up. And I said, nobody touches it, everybody back off, you know. So she was basically distributing it to the drivers and the, you know, the, the office staff and the house staff. And I was like, everyone back off. So I brought all those utensils in a mini tempo to Bombay. And that's the utensils that I cherish the most. You know, they're made of brass, copper, silver. You know, these soft metals that we call, when food is cooked in it, it retains almost 70 to 90% of the nutrients. So I've done a podcast episode on just this. 
And when you cook food in clay pots, mm -hmm. it retains 98-99% of the nutrients. But when you cook food in a pressure cooker, because we're always in a rush, 16, 16% of nutrients. We're just eating food for the sake of eating food. Are we getting nourishment from it? Do you take supplements, Poppy? Yes, sometimes I do take uh, vitamin D like once a month. I do take it when my levels kind of fall down quite a bit, even though I can walk in the sun and stuff. But due to certain reasons, sometimes when they fall, like my B12 had gotten down quite a bit because of something. So I had to take shots. So there are times when you actually have to do that. Yeah. So that's true, you know, but unfortunately what's also happened in the city is, see the pollution level yes. in Bombay. I miss seeing the sun. Literally, I jump out of the bed, open the curtains, look for the sun. I'm like, can I see the sun? Can I see the sun? I literally have seen the sun once in 12 days, maybe. Because it's hidden behind so much fog and pollution. So the sun's rays are not hitting our body. We are nothing but a complex house plant. We just need sunlight, water, okay, and nutrients to live. Love is a bonus. We're nothing but a complex house plant with complex emotions. Unlike plants, we just have complex emotions. We're nothing but a house plant. Without sunlight, unfortunately, our ability to absorb and assimilate nutrients from the food we're eating has become very weak. So now we're having to resort to these supplements. Now, Remember, anything done in excess, your body becomes immune to it. If you do supplements repeatedly for more than three months, your body will not absorb it. You're paying for expensive urine, it's just coming out. So try to start, take a break. Start, take a break. Do that little trick and limit it as much as possible. Whenever you're low on a particular nutrient, say B12, you can have a carrot, beetroot, spinach soup for some time, maybe 28 days in a row, immediately your levels will come up. You start having soup of that vegetable or a juice of that fruit that is rich in that particular vitamin, 28 days consistently, 28 day cycle. So try to go on, off, on and off. That'll help your body. Sadly, in Kaliyuk, even period cycle has started very young. Two-year-old children are getting periods. Two we, are, we are meeting those patients in the clinic. Two-year-old child with periods, one-year-old child with breast tissue development. We're actually dealing with those patients. It's shocking, it's sad. Menopause has started coming really early. Fertility rate has gone down dramatically. They're expecting that male fertility rate will go down to zero by 2045, where we will not be able to conceive children naturally anymore. The phones that we carry, the laptops that we carry is all destroying the sperm, the fertility of the egg, the egg count, the AMH levels. Everything has gone down because of the Wi-Fi that's constantly going through our body. We are ignoring it, right? We love being in a Wi-Fi zone. I do that too. Walking around, you know, looking for network, right? Vata face means dryness goes up in the body. Have you seen a leaf, that a very dry leaf? You crush it in your hand, what happens? It gets destroyed. But you take a leaf that is green and moist and has a lot of moisture and oil. You crush it, what will happen? It comes back. Because it's got elasticity and collagen from the oil. The dry leaf has no moisture, no oil, no collagen to hold it together. The dryness leads to destruction. Aging is triggered due to dryness in the body. Dried up skin, dried up frizzy hair, dry colon, which leads to constipation, dry bones and joints, which leads to joint ache and pain. Dryness in the bones leads to low bone density, more air and space and less bone density. Osteoporosis, arthritis, rheumatism, spondylitis, right? So perimenopause, start doing an abhyangam four, five times a week. A self-abhyangam basically means doing a full body massage with any oil that's in your kitchen, Cold press oil, coconut, almond, castor, sesame, olive oil. Take any oil, put it in a bowl, put that bowl in hot water so we don't heat the oil directly. Apply it all over your body. Abhyangam is also called sneha basti, 
Sneha means love. Basti means pooling of oil. Sneha Basti means pooling of oil with love on your body. Treat your body with love and tenderness and kindness. Do a full body massage four or five times a week before taking a shower. Do not do an oil massage when you have a cold, cough, sinus, allergy, asthma, hay fever, fever, periods or any such symptoms or diseases. It will aggravate the disease. Massages at night is strictly forbidden. Never do a massage after sunset. It's my alarm, 9 o'clock alarm. Foot massage, Padda Bhyangam is done at night before going to bed. Feet and hands, you can massage your hands and feet with warm sesame oil. It improves blood circulation, reduces cold extremities. Have you ever had cold extremities? Body is warm but then hands and feet are feeling cold. Some people experience it. So you can do a Padda Bhyangam, foot massage and a hand massage with warm sesame oil. You can also take a few drops of oil, put it in your navel and massage it. There are 10,000 points there. The navel was your first source of nutrition. You were connected to your mother through the navel. It's called Nabi Sutra. Just put a few drops. You can put ghee if you have burning sensation in your body, heat in your body. You can put almond oil in your navel if you have dark circles. You can put coconut oil if you have like just, you know, regular dryness in the body and stuff. You can put sesame oil if you want more moisture in your body. You can put literally anything in your navel at night and go to sleep. Your body drinks it. You can put even medicine. So in Ayurveda, the skin is the first line of treatment. Your skin is constantly absorbing everything that you apply on it. It goes directly into the bloodstream through the skin versus what you eat gets digested, filtered by the liver before it enters the bloodstream. But what you apply on your skin goes directly. That's why we say apply it on your skin if you can eat it. 80-20 rule. I use products straight from the kitchen and wash my body, hair, like rice water or stuff. 20% of the times when we're traveling, we use products for convenience because I can't carry a rice water. See on a flight. Ashka juice is cooling in nature. Ashka juice irritates the gut lining and allows you to eliminate all the toxins. So if those of you have constipation, obesity, heaviness in the body, Ashka is great. But if you're already medium or skinny, unfortunately, we all think we're fat. Even when we're healthy, we think we're fat. Okay, unfortunately, let me tell you, you know, that's a negative perception we have towards our own body. When you overdo it, that dryness can actually trigger the aging process in your body. So instead of having an Ashkar juice, have an Ashkar soup. It's a warm soup, which is like a warm hug to your tummy. Spinach, like I said, in the raw form has a lot of oxalate, which binds with the calcium in your body and can lead to calcification of stones in the kidneys. But when I blanch spinach in hot water, when I cook it, the oxalates break. The chemical component starts breaking because of the heat. Fire was the best invention of mankind. Fire allowed us to survive. Okay, Smoothies is cold. It diminishes the Agni, the metabolic fire in your stomach. And Agni is also your source of life. If your Agni becomes diminished, your lifespan may be 60, 70, 80 years, but your health span will become 30, 40 years. Your lifespan is like this, but your health span is only this much. So your Agni is something that you must respect and protect. How do we pray to the Agni when we do puja? You know what we're doing when we pray to the Agni? We're also praying to the Agni inside our body. Smoothies diminish that Agni. Soups stimulate that Agni. Soups are like a warm hug. So it breaks the oxalate levels. You can still have a lot of coriander, curry leaves, spinach, celery, cilantro. Cook it, not raw. We don't make smoothies of leafy greens. The five juices that you can make a smoothie out of, you can remember this. Number one is Ashkart. Remember, if you're juicing, not to do it more than two to three weeks at a time. Once a year, do juicing for two to three weeks. It shouldn't be an everyday habit. You should eat a fruit. You should cook your vegetables in a soup. Okay, this is the traditional way that all our ancestors ate. Smoothies is not found 
in the food culture and food history of any country in the world. Soups are found in every single food culture and food history of the world. When I spoke about soups, people from Africa, people from Greece, people from Finland, Sweden, they spoke about their traditional soup recipes. Not one person spoke about a traditional smoothie recipe. Smoothie is a bane of the modern society. Someone wanted to smell a smoothie maker, they made it viral. So the five things that you can make a juice out of, number one is ashkar, number two carrot and beetroot together because beetroot is very strong on its own so you mix it together. You can put a little amla in it, not an apple. Apple and vegetables don't agree with each other. You can take a celery, it reduces inflammation, mix it with cucumber. You can take cilantro and cucumber, cilantro is very good for the kidneys. You can take banana stem juice. Have you ever had the stem of the banana plant? It makes you lose weight like this. And you can have a tender coconut water. These are the only six recipes that I have experimented on my own body and come to the resolution that it works and then I've given it to my patients because most of them are coming with you know chronic diseases like say cancer or something. We don't want to experiment, right? So these are safe recipes that you can have. You know the banana plant is the leanest of all plants. You see how fit it is, how thin and narrow it is. It has a patli kamar, right? Which we all crave. So banana stem is a lot of hard work. You have to peel the skin, dice it and put it in your cold press juicer. It's like juicing or sugarcane inside your house. It's a lot of hard work but it's worth it, like Sonali is hooked onto it and don't overdo anything. My parents lost a lot of weight doing banana stem juice. It dissolves gallbladder stones, it's very good for fibroids and cysts in the body as well. So fruits with the fruit milk is the same thing. Nuts and fruits come from the same family. There's also one more thing, I don't know if you've heard of drumstick soup. Oh yes. That's fantastic for any bit of constipation. Like it's, if you have it in the night, you'll be sorted. But don't overdo it. Don't go like, I, I generally suggest like one drumstick per person in a soup, not more than that. Then otherwise you'll be up all night. So I have been vegan, you're a vegetarian vegan. I'm a vegetarian, yeah. Yeah, so I've been vegetarian all my life and I tried vegan three times and I failed and this is my good attempt. So what I've done is I've made an exception to ghee in my diet because yeah. ghee has been made from milk which has been heated and then fermented overnight into yogurt. So there are two processes that happen, heating, fermentation. Then you take the butter, churn it into cream, and then you boil it again and make ghee. So all the estrogen of the cow has been got it off. So ghee is called the most tridoshic food that we can have. It suits all body types. Ghee is the only thing I've made exception to. Any animal-based foods. Honey again is medicine, not food. It's not something that you mix in your teas and coffees every day. Stay away from protein shakes for sure. If it can survive on the shelf for six months, that protein shake, it can survive in the gut also for six months. And if it enters in an undigested form in the colon, it can trigger cancer cells, okay? And I'm seeing a lot of bodybuilders coming to the clinic now, female and male bodybuilders. I have one female bodybuilder who's a professional bodybuilder working for the US Air Force. And she's one of our Ayurvedic students, a black American. She said, I'm here for the long run, for the marathon. In bodybuilding, they're made to eat all wrong combinations and excess protein and she's constantly correcting that quote saying that I don't want to just win a medal and then end up with a disease later. So unfortunately, we've been bombarded with so much consumerism and information by the pharma and the food industry and remember this, pharma profits from your disease and food industry profits from your addiction to their foods. Sattu, as she also shared, you know, Poppy, it's basically chickpea powder. You dry roast your chickpeas, make a powder, take two teaspoons of the sattu powder, boil it in water. It becomes thick. You can add a little milk to it, some dry fruits to it, badam. 
you know your pehlwans your bodybuilders in the villages in the towns in punjab they only have sattu milkshake they can digest this big glass of milk also because their cows are treated well and they don't have cortisol released into the milk pus and blood into the milk and now you need protein a lot of protein only up to the age of 18 because you're growing vertically tall building bones muscles tissues teeth nails and hair a pregnant woman needs a lot of protein because she's building a entire human being inside of her after a certain age if you eat too much protein you'll start growing horizontally the united nations has declared 2023 as the year of the minutes thanks to the indian government narendra modi ji i have a lot of respect for him for these reasons millets grow in the harshest of weathers and climatic conditions they grow in a soil that doesn't have any moisture that doesn't have water they grow in the toughest and harshest of environments and they absorb a lot of nutrients from the ground millets are a powerhouse of fiber and dense proteins so if you're worried about starting your day with carbs you know that it's spiking your sugar levels which is happening a lot nowadays you know people are getting diabetic very quickly type 2 diabetes start your day with a bowl of millets porridge and i learned this in 2020 during the lockdown when i was living with my mummy ji and i said you know for me the biggest struggle is breakfast i never know what to eat and she would have different varieties of millets every day so instead of having just a oat porridge every day there was a kodu millet porridge today a banyan millet porridge on tuesday a buckwheat porridge and there was there was restrictions that you can't make this porridge on a tuesday you can't make this porridge on a saturday so if you have seven types of millets in your kitchen you're sorted for breakfast the whole month you'll have that same meal only four times it has all the micronutrients and macronutrients you need and mostly the protein and the fiber you need to kick start your day and it's the best replacement for cereals which are carcinogenic and have been banned in japan cereals honey coated cereals are carcinogenic okay that's number one millets suitable for all body types and we right now have patients in us and europe who started going out shopping for millets i said it's nothing but a replacement for oats that's all look at it that way don't have to worry about making a complex roti out of it which is not by the way is easy for a bata to digest make a porridge out of it just take 2 teaspoon of any millet one glass of water boil it little salt and turmeric you're done number 2 Ayurveda means the science of life knowledge of life it teaches you how to preserve life modern science is a complementary science so nature created humanity human beings human beings created science to understand the miracles of nature so science is not our father nature is our father nature is our mother right so you have to look at both ayurveda has a lot of solutions modern science has a lot of research based evidence based science to prove whether it's right or wrong so we have to use the best of both worlds like i have not used too many vata pita kapha words today that's how i started my career in ayurveda i've only used you know common medical terms like citric acid or malic acid or psoriasis or eczema that's how we have to evolve we have to marry the best of both worlds one apple is equal to one cup of coffee okay one apple is equal to one cup of coffee give a child an apple the child can't fall asleep The difference is coffee jump starts your nervous system and you're living on borrowed energy. So say you have a battery life of 12 hours in your body right now. But when you drink coffee you end up using that 12 hours of battery life within 1 hour. So you're living on borrowed time. So you are actually weaning off your energy levels if you become a coffee addict. So whenever you feel like drinking coffee eat an apple instead and limit your coffee to maybe one cup a day. Never empty stomach because it ruins your gut wall. always post breakfast or post lunch 
Some people are able to do it post dinner, I don't know how. If I smell coffee, I won't sleep for 24 hours. Hey guys, if you like this episode, don't forget to leave a comment below so we can learn how to improve ourselves. Like, subscribe and definitely share this with your loved ones, your friends, family and relatives so you can become an influencer of good health in their lives. Until my next episode, here's wishing you unconditional happiness, love, forgiveness, kindness, empathy, compassion in everything that you do. Here's Dr. Dimple Jagra signing off.